Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Sam Downs. Sam is a customer relationship manager, blogger, and LinkedIn creator. When she's not helping telecom companies expand their product lines with cutting-edge VoIP phone solutions, Samantha uses LinkedIn video to engage with prospects and educate her audience. Sam. Pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Awesome. <laughs> of course, of course. Glad to get you on the show today. Can you kind of start off by telling uh, the audience and myself, you know, kind of walking us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Yeah, I hope everyone has grabbed a snack for this. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I come from a very humble beginning, I must say. I'm a high school and college dropout. I was actually a C average student. Even so, my mother would be psyched if I brought home a bee. She would hang it up on her fridge and everything at home. So, <laughs> And I knew from a young age that school really wasn't for me. And I was always just a hands-on learner. And I just excelled in my creative abilities and et cetera, et cetera. So I dropped out of high school at the age of 15. I then acquired my GED. Um, and then I enrolled in my local community college. And three semesters in, I forgot how much I hated school. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I dropped out of college at the age of 17, and then I decided to venture into the working realm, and I haven't regretted it since, honestly. So my first real job, quote-unquote real job, was at Radio Shack. May she rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I literally waltzed into that interview with a dishwashing job as a reference. But the hiring manager later told me that he could just sense a fire about me and he knew the second he was going to hire me because he just saw an infinite amount of potential. And I tell people this all the time. If you can walk in there with, like I said, no prior sales experience or prior work history, you know, and be a high school degenerate dropout like me. <laughs> <laughs> and if they like you and if you've lost, uh, left a long lasting impression on them, they will hire you. So that's kind of where my career started. And I'm very thankful I started there because it taught me a lot about getting out of my comfort zone and asking a customer who was buying like a pack of batteries to, you know, if I could check his phone upgrade and try to probe to see if he was actually in the market for like a cell phone. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then um, after Radio Shack, I uh, ventured into the car business. 
first I was nice. their new car delivery coordinator and actually GM certified technology expert to be official. <laughs> and at the same time, I also helped with their social media. So that was a, a lot of great experience for me and, you know, grasping some Facebook marketing and stuff like that kind of like sparked my interest in, you know, social media and marketing and content creating. And nice. um, yeah, and I really love this job. I love all the customers. I love spending those very first hour with them you know, and showing the new features of the new car because it's an exciting time for consumers. And I was really proud to be a part of that, you know, and I really had to dive deep and to really show them how to use their new, their new vehicle. So that was a lot of fun for me. And then after I acquired my driver's license, I started actually selling cars. And that honestly has nice. made me into the successful, you know, salesperson I am because I really had to know what questions and the right questions to ask um, to, and that's the, really the key in success in any type of sales. So, absolutely um, glad I have that notch under my belt. <laughs> yeah. And I really did love the car business. However, I just felt like there was something more and I just wanted to chase it. So, mm-hmm. and then I found my calling in phone sales. I'm very good on the phone and I really, I did lead gen for Vintage Business, their hosted VoIP system. And let me tell you something about lead gen, okay? It's really pre-sales. It's not lead gen, okay? It's it's a very difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making 150 to 250 dials per day. Wow. Um, and try to sell them this quote-unquote new VoIP technology, even though it wasn't new at the time. It was still just new to the market. So, and I probably got into at least five conversations per day out of those 250 dials. And at least one of those would pass over to a sales consultant. And that was the quota, one week per day. So this was also building me up to be a good salesperson. I really had to perfect my intro and really build rapport just to make it seem like I was just having conversation with them, not just trying to qualify them and pass them over to somebody else. So um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that, and then people, I was cold calling businesses and trying to have them switch out their $10,000 plus phone system and making calls over the internet. People thought I was insane. So, (laughs) (laughs) so when Vonage contract ended for the call center I worked in, I decided to mention insurance sales and, um, and let me tell you what the New York state life accident and health test is something that was, harder almost more harder than the childbirth (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) I took that thing three times but I finally put my all into it and I finally passed Um, and I was actually six months pregnant at the time with my first baby so um, I knew it was crunch time and I knew it was time to really buckle down so when I finally got into the field our team and I we we would tour knock in the dead of near upstate New York winter time six months pregnant I would call businesses and show up to first responder roll calls just to at 6am just to try to get, you know, try to present our benefits to them. So uh, truthfully, I really wasn't a fan of the insurance realm just because I felt like, yeah, I felt like we were selling policies to to consumers who really couldn't afford them and really Mm, who didn't really need them in a sense. So, and I was just not a fan of the sales process and it just really wasn't my vibe. So I decided to ditch my insurance license and just stay home with my kid at the time. And um, and once you know our family decided we were ready to for me to work again, <laughs> then I started at this real estate prospecting company. Uh, we would 
prospect for top real estate agents in the country setting appointments for expired listings, withdrawn listings, and for sale by owners. Uh, and I would prospect for those agents by for having them to purchase our prospecting service for half of the day, and then I would prospect for agents for the rest of the day. And truthfully, I've got to be honest here, I struggled with B2C sales. I just, there's something about it. It's just a different type of conversation. It's a different yeah. type of person that's other on the line. You really have to learn how to mirror and match those people. And I was just used to being my enthusiastic self. And as soon as someone would hear me on a phone call, they would do immediately with a sales call and not <laughs> want to talk to me. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of struggled with that. And then, um, so much so I decided to part ways from them and just decided to go back into my comfortability, which was B2B sales. And that was with Vonage again. And then uh, to our surprise, again, we found out we were having our second baby. So mm. I, <laughs> so then I decided to stay home with my little girl because I held her and I'm just like, I just don't want to leave her. And so we decided to stay home. And then once I was ready to go back to work, this is when I found my calling and my position now at All Works. And honestly, everything happens for a reason. No matter if I was let go from a job or, you know, something didn't work out, I, everything just, the universe just aligned in its perfect way. And I found my position here. So that's, that's how it led me to where I am today. <laughs> I think that your background is phenomenal because, you know, I, I wrote down some things just based on what you were saying, some things I want to touch on, but I guess I could, I'll just go through them one by one. When I was a little younger, I worked in retail too, but starting off with retail, working at Radio Shack, I always think about how like the businesses we see every day or consumers walk into, like those are multi-million dollar enterprises, right? And, mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. in those companies on the sales floor, you're not only getting in, uh, exposure to customers, but you're working within a world-class organization and you're able to start building real sales skills, like real experience. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I, your background is much more beneficial. Oh, I think it's crazy because kids go to school and they spend tens and sometimes hundreds yes. of thousands of dollars yes. in school and half of them become salespeople. And exactly. there's no one learns sales in school. No one. Yep. It's yep. It, people, you know, it's not taught in regular, you know, four year public and private schools or even two-year schools like it's just not you know no one majors in sales right so mm-hmm, exactly kids are coming out with tons of debt and not being equipped for sales That's right exactly and, what happened to me yep. and a big part of sales is that inner game right learning things like tonality and body language which you get a lot of yeah. in-person sales when you're in retail mm-hmm. or dealing with rejection right a huge part of it that fear oh, right yeah yeah Especially these days, everybody wants to hide behind email and automation and connect this to that, Zapier and did it in 500 different automations. And then, you know, somehow you get a sale. But at the end of the day, you got to talk to somebody eventually, yep. whether on the phone or in person, if you want them to give you a significant amount of money. So um, retail, and you mentioned it, not this phrasing exactly, but, you know, upselling. That's what retail is all about, upselling. When I was in college, I worked at Macy's and it was like someone comes in for a shirt and you make sure that if it's what they're looking for, they leave with a whole outfit. 
right? What you know, right. what's the special or, or occasion, a warranty right? on the outfit, <laughs> right? Exactly, or or a credit card, right? Right, right. A credit card, or with auto, right? Warrant. I never worked in auto sales, but right, the warranty, right? That's yep. part of it. And car sales is a great sales field or concentration, whatever you call it, really. But I mean, that's like real raw sales experience. If someone is good at selling cars, they can sell their ass off. Um, yeah, so you're you can getting sell this, anything. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting this experience. Exactly. And you're getting this experience in tough industries, you know, retail, um, auto, uh, geez, telecom, insurance. I mean, these are the toughest sales fields, you know, and when it comes to with Vonage, where you said you were making tons of calls, you know, I started off post-grad. I'd been doing, you know, different sales gigs all the time in high school and college. But when I first started my first post-grad sales job, I was in logistics and I was essentially a broker. Oh, wow. I was doing Whew. 80 to 100 calls a day, negotiating on the phone, um, constantly dealing with issues, constantly. And, you know, I had two, two phones, two computer monitors, two computers, and just going back and forth all day from seven to five, you know, wow. G chat, email. Uh, phone calls, talking to people, having a couple people on hold. Those types of reps are what you need, right? To gain that experience, not just how to like negotiate or sell, but tonality, how to speak to people on the phone, how to carry yourself, how to transfer emotion and confidence um, to the buyer, right? That's, it's a, it's a sales is a, you know, at the end of the day, it's a manipulation doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily maybe the best wording, but it's like you 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 have to transfer confidence right to the other party. They have to trust exactly. you exactly, and, and they have to trust and, you exactly. And be and, and it, we them. don't get we don't get we don't get you know a pass because we're necessarily doing with over the phone because really determine someone's body language or yeah you know attitude through the phone. So it's not like it's you know, a, a pass for us, like, oh, we're on the phone, we get to slack off here. It's no, it's it's still, if anything, you have to be more trustworthy over the phone. Phone's and harder. People have Absolutely. To, yeah, because they don't see your body language, they don't know you, you're cold calling them. So it's very important to portray that. Yeah. And that's in the subconscious of communication of not what they say, but how they say it. And, you know, how they, listening to how they answer the question, not exactly what they say or, you know, how they respond is, I mean, it's everything, right? Um, you're you're building this, you're building these skill sets in different fields, and developing, you know, like this well-rounded sales skills in these different industries. And I just think it's it's remarkable because I'm sure, you know, during this time, you know, you've had times where you've kind of been like, you know, we've all been there, just like upset am i doing the right thing is this job you know right. this and that and that and the dead end you know, job exactly exactly you know and it's i feel like everybody has been there um but it's getting through it it's i can guarantee because i know i feel the same way and just looking at the background the story you gave me and kind of hardships you've been through and, and the jobs you've worked in or careers you've worked in that you wouldn't give it back for anything because of the valuable oh, no, experience that you've gained I not mean, at all. Even if I've been in it for a few months or, and if I found that personally, that if it wasn't a good fit for me, I would leave. And that's, I feel like a lot of people, they have it misconstrued is that 
we have to stay at a dead end job for two years or a year or whatever, just to look good on a resume. But right. in reality, if it's a really good place and a really good manager and a, an actually good mentor that you're trying to go work for, they will look past all of that and mm-hmm. just be like, Hey man, it wasn't a good fit for me. Like, that's okay. You know, I am just looking for a better opportunity. You know, I just feel like my skills aren't being used to their best abilities. And if someone can't really understand that and they don't want to hire you because of that, then it is what it is. And you probably shouldn't have been there anyway. So. Yeah. And it's, is really important to understand what type, like when it comes to sales jobs, it's, it's really important to understand the type of system or type of company you're getting into because, oh, you yeah. know, um, at least half and in some situations, all of your income, right. As a salesperson is contingent on performance. So mm-hmm. depending on what of you're course. selling, you know, you have other areas of the business are affecting how much you can earn and how much you bring home. So yeah. not all organizations or all companies are set up to sell yeah, well, to succeed, succeed well. Yeah. Yeah. If they have a crap product, if, you know, yep. uh, delivery is bad, these are all things that can affect your paycheck. And, oh, and your everything, commission. customer service, ratings, like it's just retention rates. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Like some of them are, commission jobs some of them are you know a little bit of base and a little bit of commission some are pit base it's just it's really you know it's a doggy dog world in the sales industry but like you said you have to know what type of industry and what type of company you're you're walking yourself into because you know it could be detrimental to your career it could be just you know just in personally and your confidence and everything so I think that's very important like you said is to you know really know what you're getting into Absolutely. And um, I have another question on this. I know this isn't following the typical format, but I think this is this conversation is more important. And your experience that you bring to the table is your story is needed. People need to hear this. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd like to continue on this path. I know for myself that there's been at least one well, one person I can think of in particular who was essentially a mentor to me um, during this process. Well, during, you know, since I graduated my first sales job, one of the guys I worked for in logistics was a top performer. And being around that, I was able to learn like an invaluable amount just through osmosis, just being mm-hmm. around that person, seeing how they run their business from the inside out, seeing how the sausage is made. Was there anyone or were there any people along the stops on your journey that you identify who have been ones that are like, wow, I'm so glad that that person came into my professional life? Oh, for sure. And even if it wasn't like a leader per se, it was like you said, somebody that sat next to me, somebody who was a veteran, somebody who I wanted to be like, someone who was a top performer. I'm like, and I literally... I ate, I ate the same things they ate. I drank the same drink they drank, you know, walked the same mm-hmm. walk. I literally tried to, to match what they were doing. And that, and there's no shame in trying to do that. Hey, can I fly no. cord with you? You know, let me sit in a call yeah. with you. Like, can you coach me? Like, what can I do better? You know, even if they're your quote unquote competition, it doesn't have to be like that. If you learn from your peers and you learn from your leaders, it's, you're setting yourself up for success. And for sure, I've had, several mentors and several, um, you know, veterans that I've looked up to and it's really helped me be successful. It really has. I think that's one of the best things you can do when you first start a new job is to talk to your boss and say, Hey, who are the top performers? 
and then oh, yeah. go sure. to them email or in person or however and say, Hey, my boss said, my manager said, you are one of the best in the office. Can I talk with you? Uh, yeah. Guaranteed they are going to wa- I've done this. I did this in my first job out of school and got a ton of great information. And I did it at the next job I went to when I was in cybersecurity and I, people love to talk about themselves. So of course, yeah, people oh are gosh, not going yeah. to, you know, you think, oh, they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to, you know, they're not going to talk to me, but they do. They want to. They will. Trust me. Yes. Yes. They well, want to talk about how good yeah. they're doing. What, what are their tricks and what's their spin on their pitch? You know, they go in there, buy them a cup of coffee, be like, look, let's sit down. I really want to dissect what you're doing. And mm-hmm. that is the map to success, really. Yeah, drastically reduces your learning curve. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to hear about just some lessons you've learned or, I mean, you touched on a few when you were kind of describing your background, but is there anything haven't mentioned that you feel like someone will get a lot of value out of when it comes, whether it's, you know, when it comes to selling in person or over the phone or just career choosing opportunities and and anything like that? Is there anything you can quite think of? I would say is, you know, even if like you're on a certain path, like let's say you're going to college for something completely different. And if you veer off that path, it's okay. Don't listen to the chatter around you. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to, you know, all the people that say, oh, you shouldn't go in sales, you know, blah, 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 or whatever you want to do. Just do what you think is right for you. And the rest will fall into place. The universe will align you will figure it out. And I really believe as people to grow as like just an individual, you have to like learn how to make those type of decisions yourself and not listen to everybody around you. And that's really, I had to shut up the chatter around me and, and really had to learn how to just do it and just follow my instinct and follow my gut. And I honestly haven't regretted it since. So just follow your instinct and maybe the path that you're going down is not going to be where you are you know, in five years, whatever the case is, if you're going to college and if you're scared of dropping out because you don't think it's the right thing for you, it is what it is. Like you will figure it out. And that's the advice I have to anybody who's listening is just to follow your instincts. And if you feel like something sucks, if you don't want to stay there for too much longer, then leave, you know, you have, especially if you're young, you have that, you have age, you have your youth, you have that. Absolutely. So like you, there's so many things I'm 25 years old. I could still mess up like three times, you know, in my lifetime and still be okay. You know, by the time I hit 30. So it's just, we have that advantage and just follow your instincts and do what you want to do. Absolutely. I love it. I want to touch on what you've been doing now on LinkedIn, because I feel like you're doing some really interesting things on the platform, specifically with video. Can you kind of talk about what you've been experimenting with, you know, how you've been using video and really, I think to come full circle, you know, the type of response and improvement you that you've seen um, in For sure. metrics, things like that. Yeah. So when I first, like, I was super intimidated by LinkedIn and I'm just going to be very blunt with you is because I'm not the most articulate person in the world. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have the greatest diction. I'm not. I'm just not, you know, I felt very intimidated because there's a lot of, you know, knowledgeable professionals on there. So it's kind of intimidated by the platform. Like what, what value could I really bring to the table? But I really had to shut that out because that was just my 
insecurities of telling me, you know, trying to hold me back. But I really was just like, okay. So I started my first video. It was horrible. It was so bad. Every time I watch it, I cringe. But I just introduced myself, you know, and just, and then I started, I just found a little niche and then just try to add value into my sales, what I've been learning in my sales realm over the years. And, and I started like my sales tip Tuesday thing. And it kind of, I was like, I was seeing some traction on it, but I really wasn't seeing like the really, you know, the results I wanted to. So then I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to be my true self and just be my silly, humorous self. And what do you know, my first funny video has 5,000 views on it. And that's just, I'm telling just to be your organic and authentic self and people will respect that. And people will, even if you're a goofball like myself, I feel like people like humorous people like you know funny people and they like if you want to just make fun of your industry go make fun of your industry it's funny you know who cares we shouldn't be all be serious at the same time so I've been experimenting with humor and I feel like that is the the key and views is just and of course editing and throwing your subtitles on there that has a play in it yes but it comes down to the, the value that you're bringing in your overall videos and I feel like that is the most that is the key in LinkedIn and any type of video marketing. That authenticity, getting started. Exactly. You did the first video. You're nervous, but you didn't die, right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, no. <laughs> it, you got a little momentum from that, kept going, found it. When you, you know, when you say you found your niche, was this the Sales Tip Tuesday? Was that the niche? Like a well, regular... Sort of. Yeah. But like being consistent every Tuesday, because I started, even if I like, you know, so I had something going on that Tuesday, I wasn't able to post it. I would have people messaging me like, Hey, are you okay? And like, I'm like, yeah, like, they're like, well, I didn't see a sales tip Tuesday video. And I'm, you know, then Great I was starting like, wow, people are actually like watching this. And then that gave me more momentum. So if you, and generally people on LinkedIn are amazing. I cannot rave enough about this platform because it's just, so positive. You know, we have a few bad apples here and there, of course. You can't, it's going to go with any trolling and any social media you, you have. So, but just the content that gets distributed there is very positive and it's just, it's great. So, finding my niche in the Sales Tip Tuesday, yes, but more so like humor and being funny and being authentic. <laughs> awesome. I'm taking notes too. So, Founding your niche and being humorous and authentic, really just being yourself. Another thing on that, yeah, I, th- I think there's just a big fear with being authentic, right? Putting yourself judgment. on the internet yeah. for everybody to see a video that lasts forever, right? Video. Right. And it's just, it is, it is a little, little nerve wracking when it comes to even, you know what? I feel the same way. Even with this, I debated and contemplated starting this podcast. And I was like, you know, one day I was just like, screw it. I'll just figure out how to put it together. And do it. Yeah. I just kind of stitched together how it would work and found some editing, t- some people to help edit and, you know, pretty cost effectively, if that's a word. And, you know, just started putting it up and then people have just been listening to it. And it's just kind of like, you just got to, you just got to you know, take that jump because if you want the it. end result, you're never going to get it unless you do it. You have to put yourself out there. It's scary. It's intimidating, but. You know, I feel like that's growth in any type of individual is just getting out of your comfort zone and just really just just do it. <laughs> yeah. And there's not always going to be a case study or a step by step course to to do it. You just got to do it. 
I want to ask, we're nearing the end of our time here, but I want to ask one more question about that. When it comes to, I figure it's going to be similar to the, the kind of come back to being authentic and just saying, you know, what you feel. But when it comes to someone says, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the video. I'm going to do it on LinkedIn. I'm going to give it a shot. What do they say? What do they talk about? What can they, what type of someone's like, Hey, if maybe if someone's younger sales rep, Hey, I don't know what kind of value I can I would provide. Say, what do they do? Yeah. I would say just introduce yourself like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I work at so-and-so company and Hey, I just, I'm a new salesperson and I just want some pointers. Like, can anybody help me? What's the first thing that you would say I should do? Or what's, you know, just get, have them engage with you and ask questions. Like that is the key of engagement is like, Hey, what do you think? Like, I'm a new salesperson, like, and everyone wants to throw their two cents in. I know because I do it every day on LinkedIn, you know? So mm-hmm. just ask them like, Hey, like, what do you guys think? Like, you know, just introduce, like I said, introduce yourself and maybe just tell little things that, you know, what your background and how you came to where you are today and what lessons you learned along the way and just something simple like that. You don't have to really get too technical or too personal. Just start off by introducing yourself. I like it. I like it. Simple, effective, like it. Awesome. Well, Sam, I loved having you on today to talk about your background. I think it's very unique and it's something that a lot of people need to hear as they go through their sales careers. Uh, What's the best way for people to get in touch with you to talk about LinkedIn video, to talk about some things you mentioned on today's podcast? What's the best way to get a hold of you? So you can always connect with me and follow me on LinkedIn, Samantha Downs, or uh, follow me on Instagram. I started off with a very humble following. I still have a very humble, still trying to work on that platform. So Instagram name is Mother of Content, uh, pun intended for Game of Thrones fans, you know? (laughs) And right. um, yeah, so <laughs> thank you for thank you for having me, and <laughs> I you know thank you to your listeners for putting up with my rants and. Uh, <laughs> it was very good info. I loved it. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, hopefully hear from you soon. Oh, you will. Thanks so much, Morgan. Again, thanks for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.